Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, and welcome to Justin Lee Howells' uh, YouTube channel as well, Chaplain Logs, wherever you're viewing from. If you're viewing from my Facebook page, Sean Christopher Jenkins, Jenkins my LinkedIn page, Sean Christopher Jenkins, thank you. My Twitter page, Trumpet on Last, that's also my Instagram page as well. Uh, thank you for tuning in as well. All right, so today we got a treat for you. So we're trying to finish our studies on the book of Revelations chapter 21 and eventually get to Revelations 22. And then we got Nehemiah 1 to do and all the book of Nehemiah. We just got a lot to do, guys. So we're trying to get it all out for you for you here. All right, so this is a continuance of, again, our studies we've been doing on Revelations 21. You can go to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, again, and you can see uh, I have a playlist on my YouTube channel, you know, titled Revelations 21. So you can listen to all my sermons, you know, the Bible studies I've done with Justin and uh, Terry as well. And uh, just any videos and animations I've done on Revelations 21. And then also, uh, this is a continuation again of a, the Sunday school lesson that we had on Revelations 21, 10 through 21. So today we're going to be focusing in on 11 through 17. Hopefully we can get through all those verses. I know it's probably going to take a while, but guys, there's so much nuggets, so much gems in these verses. It's going to be crazy. All right. So uh, before we get started, you know, make sure to, you know, follow me on all my social media platforms, you know, like all my content, share all my content, but especially on my YouTube videos, because that's where you're watching from right now. And do the same thing on Justin's uh, social media pages as well. You know, his YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs, and then his Facebook page, Justin Lee House. So if you have any questions, questions, go ahead and DM us uh, and ask us questions that you want us to do a video on we answer people's questions on video all right but let's go ahead and get to this study so uh as you guys know this is on the book of revelations chapter 21 so justin do you think we should read the verses first before we start talking yeah let's read the verses the context a little bit i think that'd be all right so good all right so let's give you guys context all right so let's go ahead and read these verses out to you guys if i can find them in my notes all right so I'm about to share my screen again, like I had it shared to begin with. And let's go ahead and get to this. All right, so again, we're focusing on verse 11 through 17 of Revelations 21. So I'm reading from the King James Version Bible. So having the glory of God in her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had 12 gates in that the gates 12 angels and the names written thereon which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of israel on the east three gates on the north three gates on the south three gates and on the west three gates and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof and the city lieth four squares and the length is as large as the breadth and he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlows, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof and 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of man, that is of the angel. So I read Revelations 21, 1 through 17, 11 through 17. And we're going to be focusing on verse 11 first. So having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. So before we even get started, let's get some uh, setting here. So these are the last two chapters of the Bible. You got Revelations 21, Revelations 22. These are the last 
chapters again of the Bible. So it's talking about the eternal state, how it's going to be for all eternity in heaven, right? So this is the end. This is what everything's been working towards, what God's plans and what he was orchestrating all along has been building upon. This is it, right? So this is the final state, the eternal state. You guys get that? So it's different than the millennial kingdom. It's different than any other time period in mankind history. So what we see here is the new Jerusalem. So I titled this video, Heaven's Capital, the new Jerusalem, guys. So you have the old Jerusalem, which is the earthly you know, kingdom, the earthly city, which is corrupt because it killed the prophets. It, it, it denied Jesus, you know, the Messiah, God. Like it did all these things to God's people and godly things. And they did awful things to them. But in this new Jerusalem, it's not going to be like that because we all will know the truth, right? So, and the truth is Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus is God. And he's on the throne, right? Because we see in Revelations 21 and 22 that on the throne room, uh, the tree of life, for example, I think that's Revelations 22, verse 1 through 7. It says the tree of life is connected to the river of life, and it's all connected to the throne room of of God and the Lamb, so God and Jesus, right? So this is the context, guys. I just want to give you a little bit of context. Do you want to give some context, uh, Justin? Yeah, like I, so far we've been getting like teasers, like the New Jerusalem is going to be like. It's kind of like a um, when Jesus was giving parables, going to be like he said it's going to be like a banquet. It's going to be like a place where the King invites every very general and john's been getting like, like tiny snippets of what um a new trying to be like and we've kind of touched on that but now we're getting like specifics now we're getting like observed like like in verse 10 right before what we're entering the angel took john up to um, like we said last last time and during the last day the mountaintop super important because two things one and that was always perceived as being closer to heaven and two that expanse of like uh people will go to to mountaintops to see the expanse of now john is seeing the expanse of what the new jerusalem is like and this is what this like it shows like specific details of what we have to look forward to parts was like the thing that makes the new jerusalem important was that god was going to be there. That was broken all, all the way back in Genesis. So we got a taste of that physical details. And hopefully, man, there's just like so much in like just a few of these verses. That is going to be crazy. I hope we can get through all of it. But now we're just going to like look at the details up there just so we can like pick apart each and every one of these verses. It's just there's a reason uh, for for John's vision of seeing heaven in this set up, up in a very symbolic way. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and dig into it. All right. Yeah. Let's go to verse 11. You know, honestly, Justin, I feel like we read at a weird spot, but again, guys, watch the previous videos that we've done mm-hmm. on Revelation 21, because we already done Revelation 21, um, one through 10. So you can see that video again on my YouTube channel. Uh, somewhere right here all right so this is the video hopefully everybody can see it but now i'm circling yeah. so I think definitely that, right yeah because like verse 10 the angel's already taken john to the mountain top now look at 
the kingdom. I think this is a good spot. I'm just, yeah, so those, I, I just want to jump, jump to 11 real fast. How it's being compared to uh, Jasper. Mm-hmm. Like, John could have said the walls were like crystal. But, like, the unique thing about Jasper is and a durability to it. Like, he could have just stopped at, oh, yeah, it's clear like crystal. Would have lost some of the impact. He said Jasper specifically because the kingdom of God is like it's powerful stuff. Not only does it have a luster and a clearness to it, but it's also he's trying to pick out a precious jewel that symbolized how um, not strong it is. Like he, the kingdom of the kingdom of God's just not for show. Powerful place. I know it. Yeah, I'm happy you pointed out that. I want to show everybody a picture of what Jasper looked like. Because, like, it's totally different than the Jasper we know and that we're accustomed to in this world. Like, look how dull Jasper is, man. Like, <laughs> if that's Jasper, how can you see through? You can't see through that. It's dull yeah. and, and it's a thick color of red, right? So it's impossible to see through that. But that's the whole point. Like, in heaven and in glory, it's going to be totally different than what's here than what we are accustomed to and what we're used to here. So like previous videos, we titled our videos for Revelations 21 as like the new world order or something like that. So yeah, this is a new world order. Like this is totally different than what we're accustomed to. And like, we talk about it a lot through a lot of Bible studies, me and Justin's done, like how God speaks through creation, right? He's saying how creation, how everything's operating, how he's operating in every dimension, in every time period, in every uh, world. So in our, on our earth, like he's showing like how he, how he's working and, and how everything's orchestrated. So like Jasper is oblique and dull. You can't see through it on this earth because everything, the truth isn't obvious on this earth. Like we're lost. Like nothing is clear, right? Did you guys see that in verse 11? It says, having the glory of God in her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like Jasper stone. And the last part said clear as crystal. It's pure, it's clear, you can see through it. That says a lot. This is a new heaven, this is the new Jerusalem, this is the new earth, right? The new world order. This Jasper is the wall, right? And we can see through it. So that's saying that the truth is gonna be obvious up there. The truth, everything's gonna be transparent and clear. There'll be no confusion. Because everything, God is reigning with us. He's dwelling with us. He's there with us in the new Jerusalem and the new earth. So there won't be any debate. There won't be any questions. There won't, well, we'll have questions, but he'll be answering all of them, right? He'll be there with us. So there won't be no uh, person to misconstrue and just change the message up to what they want it to be. It's going to be the message that God wants it to be because he's there with us, right? So yeah, that Jasper part is so crazy because like, Another thing, too, you guys saw how bright Jasper was, right? That's a pretty stone. It's not something that's – it's dull, but it still reflects, right? Ooh, that's powerful. It's dull, but it still reflects. I want you guys to remember that because as Christians, we're supposed to reflect the glory of God. God's the sun, and we're the moon. Everybody's the moon. We, and the moon just reflects the sun, the light of the sun. So, like, yeah, but stones do the same thing as well. I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> Jasper is doing this as well, all right? So – um yeah jet the radiance i'm gonna talk about that and her light was like unto a stone most precious even like jasper stone clear as crystal so radiance you know radiance that's that's the word it's used kind of and it's talking about how uh 
this Jasper, what her light was like unto a stone most precious, the light of the city, the radiance of the city. So the light, the shining, the brightness, the beams, the gleam, the luster, the dazzle. I keep on going, the shimmer, the, the glare. It came from Jasper, one of the stones. Like we're gonna, when we keep on going through the verses, we're gonna see that the other stones that were reflecting the light, which is God, was Jasper, crystal light, like there's different ameth amethyst, like it's different stones, and they're all reflecting God's glory. We I'm just skipping like crazy, Justin. So <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. But like, yeah, in the new Jerusalem, God's glory will be on display forever, right? And we see that with Revelations 21, 23, and the city had no need for the sun, neither the moon is shining in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, it, it and the Lamb is the light therefore right and then we see in revelations 22 verse 5 in the next chapter it says and there shall be no night there there's no need for a candle neither light of the sun for the lord god giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever so yeah like i want to talk about that first part of verse 11 it says her light was like a most precious stone so john was impressed by the glory of the city right the radiance the shimmer the dazzle everything you could think of like that right so uh the city shared in the glory of god right it's in god's light you guys see that <laughs> and it's expressed the in the radiant light shining from her right from because it's coming from god's light so yeah describing the holy city of jerusalem that john described it as having the glory of god you guys see how it's all connected now so in other words god's glory or brilliance filled the city yeah, so God's glory is the manifestation of the fullness of his attributes and traits. So that's all what heaven's going to be. The new heaven and the new earth, the final state, the eternal state, starting from verse 11, what we just saw today. So, yeah, it's crazy, man. Did you have anything else, Justin, with verse 11? No, I just, you actually touched upon what I wanted to say, too, about the, the importance of the city is not just what it looks like, even though that there we will go into the symbology of it but the fact that god be there like it's not shining because it's asper or what have you but the brilliance is coming because like god's presence is in that it can't it's, it's like the verses we always talk about the light on the hill like um people can't help but shine out because like we have God's glory the hill, the salt of the earth, God's kingdom, and this is probably why the angel had a mountain top instead of going straight to the city, just because they had to back away to see all that's shining so much, just because like it, it has so much of God's glory in there. I'm really glad you touched on that because it's more, more than just physical appearances. Yeah, yeah, and then it said, uh. Yeah, Jasper said that the walls was made of Jasper and it was clear, right? Like crystals. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. We just saw what Jasper looked like. It don't look like no crystal. Like, no. <laughs> like crystal has reflections and it, it has light. John, probably, probably John, probably, he still has a mortal mind, so he probably mm -hmm. can't even comprehend. God is like, he's probably like grasping for, for jewels or gems that best like a mix of jasper and crystal crystal is like the best thing you could come up with right yeah yeah and that's and that's what i want to say too man like 
John, um, he can only articulate it as best as he could, right, with words, what he was saying. So maybe it, it doesn't look like Jasper, but the best way of him articulating how clear it was and how transparent it was was using the Jasper Stone. Like we saw how dull it is, like Jasper Stone, but then also how clear it is. It's definitely clear, like one shade of color on that stone. So. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna see like you know the city is gonna be this bright, and it's gonna be shining this light, like crystal, right? <laughs> Transparent, and it's a light in the city for all eternity. It's gonna be like this for all eternity, all right? So I just want to throw that out there. We we'll see that with verse eighteen as well. Uh, I'm gonna read that real quick. Let's see what verse eighteen says. Revelations twenty one eighteen says, and the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass so it keeps on reiterating how clear how transparent everything is like on earth the sea the ocean is not clear and it's not clear for a reason because god's telling us you know we talked about it before in our videos like like crazy at the beginning of revelation 21 there was no sea right so and on this earth how much was it 80 percent of the sea has yet to been discovered 95 to 90 percent 95 to 96 percent of space has yet to been discovered and it's for a reason for a reason like life's a mystery there's mysteries so many mysteries so many unanswered questions and in heaven like we'll have god there with us giving us all the answers to the question like yeah we have god now but still everybody has a choice free will all these different uh theologies and pagan religions and beliefs you know it's just all you don't know what to believe right so <laughs> Yeah, that's the way it is on this earth. So that's why creation is, is the way it is. It's telling us that it's like that. All right, so you ready to go to verse 12, Justin? Yeah. Man. All right. So verse 12. Man, so all the verses we're going to get into have a significance of 12, like 12, like the 12. 12 gates, the 12 angels, the 12 tribes. And like we saw this before, 12 is the number. It's 7 and 12 are like the Bible. And 12 specifically because it's supposed to be um, 3, which signifies heaven. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and a lot of the significance of 3. And, well, and 4 which signifies that is, but, but it's three times four is supposed to signify the completion of heaven. So when you see like 12 gates, 12 angels, even throughout the Bible, you had like 12 to see and 12 tribes, 12 tribes. Like you see that God is trying to bring his authority, his glory to earth. Like our chapter, about talking about how there's a new Jerusalem and a new heaven. Um, like all this is trying to wrap wrap up like the revelation, wrap up everything Jesus came for in his second coming. Like this earth is symbolizing the completion of everything. Like that's why it's so important because God is trying to give a message or Jesus um, even John, that this is the end. Like this, this is the last books. This is 
the last thing God is going to do to bring his heaven on earth. And he's 12, 12, 12. But um, I, I have more to say, but first, do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll finish the 12. Like we talked about at the beginning of the video. So 12 is the perfect number. And it also represents like the perfect foundation number for leadership. And then also it symbolized number 12 symbolizes God's power and authority. And like Justin said, completion in its entirety. Right. So you see how it's connecting. So it's 12 gates, 12 apostles, 12 uh, tribes of Israel. The number 12, like the 144,000, I'm pretty sure. What is that? Is that 12 times 12? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, 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 that's all. Yeah. yeah, with the number 12, it's, it, has, it has a lot of significance in the Bible, as we know. And so it's just crazy, man. Like, but I want to focus on that first part. Well, yeah. And yeah, verse 12 says, and had a wall great and high had 12 gates in the the gates and at the the gates 12 angels right all right so it's a great and high wall you see how john emphasized that a great and high wall like there, there's not a wall like this to ever exist like the great wall of china is pretty impressive like men has have have had pretty impressive walls but in the new jerusalem like we'll see later on i think with the verses we're covering today I don't know if we'll cover it. No, we're not going to cover it. It's like verse 18 and 19 or something. But it talks about how uh, the 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 length, the height, and the width of the city is all 1,400 miles or 1,500 miles, right? This debate with theologians of which number it is. 1,400 seem more likely to me because it goes with like all the numbers and how God works. But anyways, like that's how big the the whole wall of the city is, right? But then mm -hmm. we'll see uh, also in verse 17, it says that the walls are later said to be 144 cubits, right? So that's 200 feet thick. So I don't know if it's 200 feet thick or is it 200, you know, it's 200 feet thick. So <laughs> because the length height and width is 1,400 miles, right? So that is, that's right. thick. Man. Right. Like what, what wall is 200 feet thick? Like, are you kidding me? That's thick. <laughs> You try to shoot it with a gun, what's going to happen? That is beautiful, man. So, yeah, the beauty of the wall is seen in that it was made of jasper. So what wall is made of a stone, a diamond, a jasper, an amethyst? Are you kidding me? You see how different heaven is, right? Like, <laughs> it's transparent. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, so John's emphasizing how impressive this city is you know because it's surrounded by this impressive wall and walls symbolize something real powerful in the ancient time period so it's a great high wall right so in the ancient period time period you know a wall represents strength and protection right so a city without a wall was considered weak and a disgrace right so and it's because you know they could be easily that city that didn't have a wall could be easily taken advantage of you know because they had nothing protecting the city you know for protecting you know them the whole city from you know people that want to take it over or something like that because you know they didn't have you know what if you have not having a wall is like not having police in, <laughs> in the ancient time period right like that would be awful right so the walls of the mm -hmm. new jerusalem serve a different purpose right like 
when this holy city appears, all the enemies and adversaries of God are thrown into the lake of fire. Like <laughs> they'll be completely destroyed, right? So God was just using the walls to symbolize, you know, the glory and purity of God. One, and yeah, and, and people are used to just a wall, you know, protecting the city, right? So it's it's a lot of symbolism. So yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Did you have anything else, Justin? No, I just like um, man, I just like how like you cubits thick goes into it's like twelve times twelve and the. 12, 12 times a thousand. Like the, and like the, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, like the, the, just the shape of the city. I'll go into it too. Like in um, verse 16, I think your, your version said that it is like a, it was like square, square, square as, um, as, yeah, as wide as, as long as the breath or something like that. Yeah. I, I I like that because like it symbolizes that there's like like once not only is the city like per- perfectly symmetrical uh perfectly even but, but I think everyone else in the the new Jerusalem they're going to have this equalness as well. Um like it's going to be equal and purity and perfection, absolute uniformity in the church. Like that's a man. I was talking like too. Like, like uh, uh, it's. I guess like with all the problems in the world we have nowadays, like everyone's still being the same, but like getting along in heaven. Like I, I wait for stuff like that. So I really think like the evenness. All the details that the verses point out of it being square and like a certain length and width, that once we go to heaven, like the people there are going to be staying in uniform as well. I could be reading into it. (laughs) We were looking, diving into the city a little bit more. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot with this verse. So one thing I wanted to say too, um, I said it earlier. I said it while I talked, but I didn't, I didn't finish it. It was like a punchline kind of. So, you know, the wall wasn't needed in heaven, right? Like there's no need to have a wall if you have no enemies, essentially, right? But like, you know, the wall wasn't needed for defense because, you know, there was no enemies. Everybody was thrown into like a fire, like I said earlier, but the great and high wall gave the city definition, right? It was incomplete without a wall, right? And it showed that some will be excluded from the city. You know, only the righteous can enter. And one of my biggest points I have for everybody, you know, all of God's people will be included in the new Jerusalem. You know, the people who don't want to be a part of that number, the people who don't want to have anything to do with God or anything to do with his ways and what he wants, they won't get to enter into this new city, this new Jerusalem, where there's no pain, no sorrow, no death, because they were part of the problem of why we had all the issues on the earth anyways. <laughs> so, you know, the walls indicate that the interest is reserved for certain individuals, right? So Revelation 21, 27, going further in this text, it's crazy how we keep on bringing up other verses, like further along, Justin, with this, but you kind of got to do it with these verses. So Revelation yeah. 21, 27 says, 
and there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth. So nobody can enter this city that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh an abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So if you're not written in this book of life, right? You don't have eternal life. You don't get to make it into the city. So who are excluded from the city and are all angels invited or some excluded, right? It's the people, the people who are excluded are the ones that, that are, you know, practice, you know, unrighteousness that live. There are liars, you know, mockers and just it gave a whole list. I think at Revelations 21 verse eight, I'm pretty sure it was Revelation 21, eight or seven, something like that. But yeah, you guys get it, man. And I want to talk about the 12 gates. So secondly, the city will also have 12 gates. And thirdly, at the gates, 12 angels. That is so powerful because like so many times in the scriptures, we see that an angel was protecting something like an angel was present somewhere like in the Garden of Eden. Right. So the presence of angels serving as guards at each gate in the New Jerusalem, at each gate, there will be an angel. Right. So it symbolized that all unbelievers are excluded from the city again right nobody who shouldn't be a part of this of this city will not be a part of the city like you there's only one way to heaven and that's through jesus christ through be believing that he died for your sins i can keep on going you guys know it so there's no way again around that right so if you don't believe that and you don't commit your life to him and serving him and everything like that you're you're going to be excluded from the city so you can't talk your way into heaven like this is so powerful you can't Fight your way into heaven. You can't finesse your way. No, like there's only one way, right? He paid the price for you. So do you believe it, right? So man, it's so crazy, man. And then also like that just remind me of the, I said the Garden of Eden, right? Like when Adam and Eve, you know, ate from the tree and then they were excluded from paradise, from the Garden of Eden. Like it said that God placed the angel protecting the Garden of Eden, making sure that nobody else could enter into it, right? Then also when Jesus died and rose from the dead, there was an angel present when John and the disciple John and Peter showed up, and when the the women showed up before John and Peter, right? So that is crazy, man. Like an angel guarding the tomb. Come on, man. If people thought, if people thought that uh, Jesus, the disciples faked his death and stuff like that, people still think that. Some people think Jesus faked his death and stuff, but an angel was present. So, yeah, man. <laughs> There's so much to talk about that too, though. But then, like, like we're, we're freaked out and like gave their testimony that the, the tomb was empty, and I'm like, why would they fake something like that? Right. And they have to be like paid to be like, yeah. Do you like how their the, the gates have like the names of the twelve tribes? It shows like the only way in there, as you were touching upon, is like through Jesus. Yeah. follower of him like there are 12 gates so god is inviting us inside inviting people it's like the king inviting people to the banquet we have to just have to be willing to accept him into our life first um and be like that's like if we wanted to make our way to heaven through works like we talked about countless times how we can't possibly do outweigh our bad, especially in nowadays where it's so, so easy to give in to temptation allows away. And I just like, like this symbology of it all where heaven are gates with the tribes of Israel laid out. 
because that by being the people, like it's it's when I say the, the people, I'm not saying like any tree or race or anything like that. We've already said like um, there's going to be equality. When I say people, I'm saying like people who are willing to um, of God. Like once we've been adopted, like we throw away our old identities. We're we're not black. We're not Asian. We're not um, Democrat. We're not Republican. It's like like we're one, all one kingdom, and like God's making it that easy for us by having gates for us. Yeah, yeah, man. Like <laughs> you just made me think about it. Like you know how they said every twelve, 12 tribes of Israel is a different race, essentially. Like I don't Actually, know. Actually, no, you haven't. No, I haven't. Like I heard, black people came from Shem and Him, something like that. Like, um, like everybody like came from a certain hmm. private Israel. I don't know, but um, that that's just forget I said that everybody. But uh, yeah, I made a point earlier. I said that you know all of God's people will be included in the New Jerusalem, and when I said that, I was referring to the twelve tribes of the children of Israel's names being on each and every gate. Their names were written on every one of the 12 gates. That is so powerful. And we'll talk about it. Every gate was a pearl. Like you've never seen a pearl this big. And that was my favorite part of the whole chapter. So I'll wait to get to that part. But uh, anyways, so like the summary of everything we talked about with verse 12, which is crazy is, you know, 12 gates, there's 12 gates within within the great and high walls of the city. There was an angel at each gate and each each gate had a name written on it. And each gate had a name of one of the 12 tribes of Israel written on it, right? So here goes some of my points. You know, the names of the tribes of the gates communicate communicate the unity and heritage that the people of God have with Israel. And another point I had was, you know, God will never forget the tribes of Israel, even into eternity. So one thing I want to say to everybody, like, this is so significant, right? One thing I want to say to everybody is, you know, God doesn't waste your experiences here on this earth. Like, God has a purpose for each and every single experience that you will ever go through in this life, especially if you're a child of God and you committed yourself to following God's will, doing what he wants, because you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So nothing happens for nothing, and God doesn't waste your experiences, right? And he does everything for a reason, right? So this distinctive identification of the 12 tribes of Israel's names being written on each and every single gate, you know, will live throughout all eternity, right? So their names will always be on the gate, right? <laughs> the 12 tribes of Israel. You know how long ago the 12 tribes of Israel was? And he has their names written on it. And then he has the 12 disciples' names on, well, not names, but they're st- they they represent each, every stone of the foundation of the new Jerusalem. So, like, what do we learn from that? You know, uh, this confirms that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So God doesn't do anything for nothing, right? So meaning that God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn and he'll never go back on his promises. He didn't promise these people that, you know, you you guys are significant, right? You guys are doing my will and you're the foundation of the whole entire church for the disciples, but for the children of Israel, man, you're the start of, of people coming to God and doing things God's way and even having God as a God compared to other gods. Come on, man. So the names of Israel's tribes, written on every gate, appear to indicate the importance of Israel and God's eternal plan of redemption. You remember, God could have chosen any nation, 
you know, to be his people. But he chose the children of Israel. Why? Because they were the weakest, the most pathetic, like the ones that everybody stomped on. And he said, I'm going to use y'all because of your weakness, everybody's going to see my strength. Man, I'm preaching now. (laughs) Man, and like, it's so powerful, right? Because like Aaron, oh, I like how the Old Testament, everything ties in. Like the whole Bible ties into me like crazy, but especially like the Old Testament. So like, you know, uh, we see that the 12 tribes of Israel are represented in another way in the Bible. So I just want to share this. So like, uh, I'm going to share my screen in a minute, but there's a, the high priest, when he went into the tabernacle, he had a certain, uh, he had certain things on before he even went into the, the tabernacle to, you know, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence was, right? Uh, where the candles, the 12 candlesticks was, the, uh, the table of show bread, the altar incense, like only the high priest could go into the holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence was dwelling, right? And if anybody else tried, they'll die, right? If the high priest wasn't living right, he'll die. But Aaron was the high priest and he bore the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, on his chest with the breastplate of judgment and on his shoulders. It was six he had out of the 12 tribes, it was six on one side, six on another side when he wore the onyx stones, right? And so mm-hmm. this is so powerful, right? So before I even get to that, Justin, did you have anything? Because then I could just read through some stuff. <laughs> no, go for it, man. All right, so it says in the Bible, and uh, I'll go ahead and read it. In, in Exodus chapter 28, right? I'm going to just share my screen, all right? Because you guys need to see it. I want to give everybody a visual. So this is my notes. So I doubt you guys can see it like that. Uh, but here we go anyway. Sorry. So in Exodus um, 28 verses 9 through 11, it says, and thou shalt take onyx stones, engrave them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone, and on the other six names of the rest of the other stone, according to their birth, with the work of the engraver in the stone, like the engravings, engravings of a signet, so a signet ring, shall thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold. All right, so let me talk about, I'm going to show you what an onyx stone looked like, and then I'm going to talk about the breastplate of uh, judgment. So sorry, guys, you know, I got a life. I got to work a nine to five, so I'm not prepared like I should be for this. So y'all pray for me, and maybe one day I can be. So this is what the high priest looked like when he went into the holy place of the tabernacle. So just in case you don't know what the tabernacle is, because I'm going to need it in a minute anyways. So the tabernacle, children of Israel, and hopefully I don't get in trouble for using Google or anything, you know, no copyright or nothing. We'll see. But yeah, so there's a, God told the children of Israel to make a tabernacle because he wanted to dwell with his people, just like he's going to do in all eternity, you know, in the new heaven and new earth. So he was trying to show us a picture of what heaven's like, how we're going to dwell with him forever. You know, and in this tabernacle, you know, the tabernacle was made of gold, like it was all gold, but everything on the outside of it was bronze. So this whole entire thing, the out of course, you see with the white linen on the outside of it, the outskirts like it symbolized purity, the white, you know, and then you got the, uh, there's just so much to tell you about. I'm not going to focus on it. But anyways, so you got that. And the children of Israel all lived there. You had the Levites, Aaron and Moses, the closest to the tabernacle and the Levites, because they were serving in the tabernacle and all the 12 tribes were on the outskirts. So 
essentially the way it was like some tribes had more uh numbers than others so it made a cross so when people looked on a mountain all the enemies looked on a high mountain when they saw the the camp the israelite camp because they moved it was portable right and they took the tabernacle with them whatever they were, everywhere they went it made a cross all right so it's just so much to tell you guys but anyways so when a high priest went in to do his duties into the tabernacle he wore an onyx stone which had the six tribes of israel so that on he had six tribes of israel on each uh stone so it made 12 tribes of israel total right so you guys see the significance like let me tell you what an onyx stone means though like this is so powerful right guys this is how cool the bible is <laughs> all right so god didn't ask them to get pebbles right or a regular rock or any rock of their choice you know to put the 12 tribes of israel's name on you know the shoulders of the high priest he commanded them to get a precious onyx stone so onyx stone symbolized something i'll tell you what it symbolized so it commanded he god commanded them to find an engraver engraving the names of his people on the stones in order to show you know that god really cares about you right your name is engraved on his hand that's a scripture verse you guys remember he hasn't forgotten you that, that's what that means like he hasn't forsaken you god values you so anytime the high priest goes into the temple of god jesus you know, he has the 12 tribes of Israel's name written on his heart, engraven on him, right? So, and I just told you about the onyx stones. I haven't even told you about the breastplate of righteousness, right? The breastplate of judgment. So, yeah, it shows that you are near and dear to God, right? The children of Israel, you in the church is, is man, you're treasured, man. You're a delight in his sight, man. You're you're cherished by God, boy. Like, so if you thought you didn't have value, man. You better think again, man. So, you know, it is if it is true for these rebellious people that he cared for the children of Israel that much, what do you think he does for you, man? So surely he cares for you, even though you're a sinner and you screw up and everything like that. So, yeah, so much to tell you about an onyx stone, but all you need to know is it, an onyx stone is like it symbolized like powerful protection. This is why people used it. So it was a black onyx stone, which symbolized that it absorbs and transforms negative energy. And it helps to prevent the, dr the drain of personal energy. And so also a black onyx stone, onyx stone, it aids in the development of emotional and physical strength and stamina. Doesn't God do that for you? Right? So, <laughs> so especially when support is needed during times of stress, confusion, and grief. So at your lowest points, basically, when life, when crap hits the fan, what does God do for you? So, and that's powerful, right? I told you that the high priest had the onyx stones on his shoulders. You guys see this, the 12 gates or the 12 tribes of Israel. And then you got the high priest, God, who wore stuff like this. Aaron, you know, the children of Israel symbolizing what heaven is like. He had to wear this stuff with the 12 tribes, the 12 name of Israel's written on him. So yeah, the shoulder is symbolized strength and power in ancient in, in ancient time periods, right? So you got the parable of the lost sheep, you know, the lost sheep that Jesus carries the sheep, you know, on his shoulder, you know, rejoicing, right? So uh, that just symbolized, like it says that the government is upon his shoulders in the Old Testament, right? In the book of Isaiah, prophesies that the government would be upon his shoulders, right? So this means that we can rest on God's strength. We can rest in Jesus's strength, man, and his power. We can lean on him. Like with that, that's what the onyx stone symbolizes, right? Because it's on the high priest's shoulders. It's on Jesus's shoulders, right? So there's <laughs> just so much to tell you about, guys. That's just what the onyx stones. I haven't told you about the breastplate of righteousness. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just going to show you a picture, right? But all you need to know is like with the breastplate of righteousness, 
Is it called the birth the birthplace of judgment and the, the high priest? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I already had the picture because I, I did Google the, what the high priest looked like. But yeah, guys, uh, this is what the breastplate of uh, judgment looked like. It's this. You have the onyx stones again on his shoulders. And then you have the breastplate of judgment on his chest. Right. And it had all mm. different kind of stones on it. So we see the same stones essentially in this chapter. You know, Jasper, Amethyst, uh, Crystallite, all these different stones. And they symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel, guys. So. You see how God, like, God's the same. He works to, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So he does every, he doesn't change, right? So how he worked yesterday is how he's going to work today, essentially, right? Like, that's true to an extent. But you guys see what I'm saying? Like, it's just so much to tell you about with that. So I'm done talking, Justin. I know I talked forever, man, but. Yeah. Yeah, and I know this isn't until later as well, but I do like how writing about the stones and, the stones he writes actually has some significance in things. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, pagans back then believed in the zodiac and that there was. But John intentionally writes the stones in the opposite order that pagans usually do. That one, he wasn't giving the zodiac or paganism their power. He was trying to say that the power comes from. God and as you were saying, which I didn't was like, like in the breastplate, it was signifying that the protection as well. Mm-hmm. Like when we like our gosh, like this whole chapter is trying to say God, our protection and our salvation, our way into heaven, like all of these we can't. And like God has been very meticulous about planning how the city is laid out. He had an angel kick a measuring rod of gold to measure the city. Like it's it's very very specific. It's very detailed. You don't just do it haphazardly. Gosh, there are like so many other places in the Bible where measurements, like, like Noah's Ark, like measurements were taken very carefully because if the Creation Museum or the Noah's or the Ark Museum in Kentucky, scientific reasons that the boat was measured in, in that way, and I th- is also putting the same amount of effort in his city because it's a very important project. Like everything is coming from God. Like I, I mentioned that onyx part and the, the uh, breastplate part because I think that's part of like why John is describing the materials of these and everything has a symbol to it. Um, I won't go too too much into the gym. Like, like um, I don't I don't think we read that far into the chapter, but but I think it is important. Like um, the twelve gemstones and the twelve foundations and the twelve um, apostles, like they all have their significance uh, because that's where um, the foundation of God was like Jesus chose his 12 disciples very intentionally like even Judas like even even G- Judas was chosen by Jesus knew of the purpose that he would have in like his death and resurre- resurrection and the- so each foundation each gem 
tombstone was chosen very, very careful. Further, Jesus's uh, Jesus's work of salvation, and, and like now we're finally coming to this the walls of the city of twelve foundations. The breastplates have like the twelve stones on them. I I like how much thought has been put onto it. It's not just a beautiful city made of gold and pearls. No, like like everything has been planned out for us. Yeah. And that goes back to like the very first verses we read, like how the city was prepared. It was adorned. It was a bribe. Being, yeah. It was like a bribe being presented to us. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. I just like that the verses leading up to it were like teasers. First, we're kind of getting an idea of what heaven is supposed to be like like and now we're looking at the measurements and the details usually i i won't, won't lie like there are books where it's like saying in the temple will be five cubits long and then it just goes of just plain measurements it's like that that's um i don't understand all that to me unfortunately but i like these verses i i probably shouldn't say that uh, it, it, but the I like the verses here because like the measurements were they they we got, got a philosophical explanation before and now we're getting, getting a physical like, philosophy to it as well. Right. Yeah, man, it's just so much to talk about with verse twelve. Like, I just want to end it off. Like, I told you guys that Aaron he wore the. He had to wear, you know, the onyx stones and the breastplate of uh, judgment with the 12 tribes of Israel's names engraven on them. And the 12 tribes of Israel's stone represented each and every single tribe, you know, for a memorial in the presence of God continually. Right. He was representing them, you know, because it was it had to pertain to the things of God. Right. So it's, I told you it symbolized our great high priest, Jesus. You know, he's our great high priest. So he appears continually in God's presence for us on our behalf, right? So Jesus took our place, right? It reminded the priest that he was a representative of this character, of Jesus's character, right? So, you know, their position or standing, the high priest and Jesus, you know, standing before God was neither affected nor altered by the change of circumstances, infirmities, or sins, right? Jesus is our great high priest. Like he paid the price for us. He lived like perfectly for us. He lived a sinless life so that even though we don't live live a sinless life, you know, he took our place so that we could be acceptable to God. So he has our names engraved on his hand and on his heart and on his mind. He goes before, he goes before God, you know, pleading on our behalf, praying for us, interceding for us. So we're in right standing with God. You guys see where we're going at? So that's why, like, the, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel on the gate, on each and every single uh, gate of the of the new Jerusalem new city like that is so powerful because guys you know that the 12 tribes of Israel were all jacked up like they sold Joseph into slavery like, so <laughs> they didn't like Joseph like they weren't perfect right none of them were so mm -hmm. yeah man and God was so it just speaks of oneness and God's affection right on so many levels right? The, the new Jerusalem, the new city, the gates, what we're talking about, the breastplate of judgment, the onyx stones, you guys see where I'm going at, man. It's just so much, so much treasure with all that, so much nuggets, but yeah, let's keep on going. Justin, do you want to 
Yeah, we can go to verse 13. That's safe to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We've I jumped <laughs> accidentally to the verses I had. Nah, you ain't the only one. I jumped too, man. Uh, I don't have it written out, though. Uh, but, yeah, you can go ahead and talk about verse 13. You know what? I'm not even going to worry about writing it out. Let's just talk about it. Guys, you guys got a Bible. Get your Bible out. Revelation 21, verse 13. I can I don't read want to it. Okay. I got it right here. I can read it real fast and say okay. something. East, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west main thing i already touched about it um because it relates to verse um six everything's even like that that's a beautiful thing about the kingdom is that it can be to being symmetrical because it represents balance and i think that's i think that just shows that one tribe isn't going to be they're not going to have one big gate just for the tribe of Judah. No, they're going to have like well for everybody. And and it's like three 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 three, like everything's easy. Right. Yeah. I like how you said that, man. Like you guys, we've been we keep on talking about how God speaks through creation. So here he's saying equality, like you said, Justin, like he's saying that everybody's equal. There's balance there, right? Like Justin said, there's uh, everything's fair, right? Everything is just the, the the scales aren't unbalanced there, like it is on this earth. Like this earth sucks, sucks so bad. Is life's unfair? There's no justice. Like it, there's gonna be justice up there, man. It's gonna be fair up there. Like everybody will get their due. Like you know, so. <laughs> it's so powerful. Like so, I want to talk about that. So the three gates on each. On the east, three gates on the north, on the south, on I the west. Right? I wonder if there will be justice up there. Not in a bad like in earlier verses we talked about how how there be no more tears, no more fear. If no one's doing anything bad to each other, hopefully, then yeah. there. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't mean it like that. I, it well, be, I mean, just oh, go ahead. I don't know. I, I was just saying it'll be a just place, but not because yeah. justice is attributed, just because hopefully, like, we'll be created into beings that justice to be handed out. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're that, saying. That, yeah, I, I agree. Sorry, that's, that's whole I was, I was just thinking about it because you commented yeah. on it. Yeah. Or I just, well, maybe justice in that sense just means, like, he already judged everything. So, like, justice was served to, like, all the evil, wicked people that made life hard for everybody. <laughs> and, and turned, it made life hard because they didn't do things God's way. Like, and they don't want to either. Like, so justice was served, right? So nobody can get in there, right? So, I mean, you get, you get what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, it's so much with that verse 13, guys. Like, it reminds me, again, of the tabernacle. I, I, I even... I just thought about this. The tabernacle, you remember when the horns of the altar was going to the, was facing upward and facing in all four directions? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, guys, in the altar instance, inside the tabernacle, um, in the holy place. So, not in the holy of holies, in the holy place, right? So, where the candlestick and table showbread was, the altar instance, right? 
where most priests could go in to like light the candles, change the bread, and do the altar incense thing. So on that altar incense and on the bronze altar entering into the tabernacle in the outer courts, they had horns going in all four directions. And that symbolized something, right? So you got different gates, three gates on each side, on the west, south, and east, right? And so people can come in every direction, right? And, and, and from every nation, that means every from coming from every nation, every tribe, everybody's invited and can come if you want to come, right? That's Revelation 22. If you want to come, you can come. God's not going to refuse anybody that wants to come. He wants everybody to come, right? So this symbolizes, you know, we all can come together from all directions, from all walks, walks of life, from all ethnic backgrounds to worship God. This is what heaven's going to be like, right? You got three gates on the north. Three gates. Why do you need three? Just get one gate. You got three gates. Why? Because it's 14,000 miles. Like, <laughs> True. Right. And so and three, yeah, three to me symbolize, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, you don't believe in those three. Like, you're excluded too. So, like, <laughs> so the fact that there are four sides to the city, the eastern side, the northern side, southern side, and western side, that makes a cube or a square, whatever you want to call it. Four square, like it says in the King James Bible. So some people think that the New Jerusalem is a, a triangle. Did you know that, Justin? Did you read that in commentaries and oh, stuff? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, and I... The tabernacle wasn't a triangle, so why would God do a triangle? Do it differently than that. When it's so much as the book of Revelations twenty one and twenty two, but really the whole book of Revelations, but specifically Revelations twenty one twenty two, it's 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 bringing everything into a consummation. I think that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like everything's coming together. So how the Bible, everything you read in the Bible, every story you've ever read, is mentioned in the new heaven and new Jerusalem. Like you can see it. Like it all relates to this. Right, it all comes back to this. Like God has not forgotten what He's done on Earth. Everything has significance, and He's going to show it up there in some kind of way, right? In a different way, because it's a new world, new order, right? So, um, yeah, something else I wanted to say too was, um, it's, I can show you guys the layout of the camp, but I already, it's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm good with verse thirteen. Are you good with it? You say yeah. Gonna go on to fourteen. Yeah, unless you want to start a new video and just try fourteen and seventeen. Are you good? Keeping on, keeping on going. I'm good for keeping on going. If you you are. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Revelations twenty one verse fourteen says, "And the wall of the city had twelve foundations." Oh man, we're getting there. And in them, the names of the twelve apostles. So first of all, you know we don't know which twelve apostles. Are really the twelve? Like, <laughs> I, I was thinking about that too. Anything? Yeah. I, like, we, we, I, know, to me, we know most of them. We just don't know yeah. all of them. Right. Because we know Judas is excluded, mm. but there's another Judas, right? And then, yeah. Um, most people think Paul, but then we know that Matthias. I think that's his name. Replaced Judas. Because the apostles actually appointed yeah. him, but God appointed Paul. So obviously God over God's appointing overrules everything. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, that's the debate. Is it Paul? Is it Matthias? Yeah, and there's some people who debate if Paul is not most definitions of what an apostle is, is like Paul, 
all would fit all the criteria. Yeah. yeah. But some people don't think he met yeah. Jesus, though. You know, like. So. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's true. Some people, yeah, some some people argue that it's Jesus, but yeah, well, we'll find out in right. the next sixty years or so for us. Yeah, the important part of it, though, I don't know. I like it because, like, the apostles, the apostles learned from Jesus. Uh, They they were discipled by Jesus. They were like the students, and then after he passed away, like all of them, who was theorized to have died in old age. But like eleven of the twelve continued discipling until their martyrdom, until they were killed. Like strapped to forces that were pulled apart. A lot of them were hung on their own versions of the. I love how they started off as students of Jesus, but were immortalized because they they helped spread the church. They helped um, when it was still early enough and now they're immortalized as like the 12th founder of the new jerusalem i i just right. think that's really cool i like that, that aspect um i don't want to say the students become the teacher you can never top jesus students get their own recognition and i think that's cool i mean yeah but for christians we're all supposed to be Another Christ, essentially, right? Like we're supposed to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're supposed to be so, yeah. another teacher. <laughs> but yeah, man, I like how you said that. So, like, twelve foundations. Did you guys hear that? Of the New Jerusalem and New Earth, the foundation is what the twelve apostles. Like that. That's powerful. The foundation. Like, what is a foundation? Right. The significance of a foundation we know it's from a wise builder you know the parable of the wise builder if you don't build your house on a solid foundation it will it will crumble when storms come when adversity comes when trials come it's not going to be able to weather the storm but if the foundation is strong you don't think this foundation is strong you should be ashamed of yourself like it the whole church was founded because the foundation was strong, like it, it was sustained and it's still going on today because the foundation was strong. In the foundation of the new Jerusalem, the new earth, the new heaven, right? The eternal state forever is the 12 apostles. Like, guys, come on. The foundations are eternal testimonies to the apostles in their permanent place in God's plan. So, again, God doesn't forget you when you do his work. There's rewards going for you up there. And this is one of the rewards for the apostles and the disciples. So, yeah, the apostles' names being on the foundation stones represents the Christian church and its part in God's redemptive plan, right? So if it isn't built on a foundation of the apostles, this isn't the right place for God's people, right? So if somebody give you a different message than what the 12 apostles gave you, the 12 disciples, you don't need to listen to that message. <laughs> this is the foundation of heaven. Are you kidding me? So the phrases of God's program, you know, Isaiah verse 12 we see that the children of israel in verse 12 right the 12 gates name with their names on the 12 gates in the church in verse 13 you know the foundation will be more memorialized forever in the holy city and saints of all ages will dwell there right so they're they're a memorial just like what the high priest had to have on what aaron had to have on when he went into the presence of god to represent the whole 
nation of Israel back when they had the tabernacle, right? So this is so powerful how the Bible relates, man. Like it's so much to say with that, but I'll leave it at that. You know, it, but no, there's one more thing. In ancient time periods, like houses today suck, first of all. That's the first thing. Like, why do houses blow away so easily during a tornado? Like, I can't stand it, man. Like, why do they houses been blown away like crazy during a flood? Like houses, cars, everything. I'm I'm amazed. And it'd be like impressive monuments and buildings that be going. And that's because in ancient time period, where they used to lay the foundation of the house was actually in the bedrock, in the bedrock of the soil, right? I'm gonna show you what the bedrock is. So uh, only any higher foundation layers would be visible for the eye to see. So really there, there, there's multiple layers of a foundation. I want to show you guys what a bedrock looked like because this this is crazy. This is one of my favorite parts of Revelation 21. So this is what a bedrock looked like. So you have, this is where we'd be building a foundation. I'd be seeing it. When they be making a house, this is where they build a foundation in its topsoil or in a subsoil, right? But then you got another layer in a parent material. But back in the day, when they built a house, they used to build it on a bedrock. You see how deep that foundation is? How deep is your foundation with God? How deep is your relationship with God? Is it built on a solid foundation? Because if it ain't built on a solid foundation, it's not going to stand. So heaven is built on a solid foundation, right? Where the storms of life come, it doesn't move. It stays there. It can weather every storm. This is our salvation. This is our hope. It can weather every storm. Just have faith in God's word. It can weather every storm. In the bedrock, who's the rock in the Bible? Jesus. Jesus is the rock. Go to the rock. Stay near the rock like the rock badger, like me and Justin talked about with the rock badgers and the conies and the hyraxes. Like they stay near the rock. They don't move from the rock. They just stay there, right? If they, if they go 250 feet, they don't go 250 feet out from the rock because anytime they do, the predators just take them out. That's life. You don't move away from the rock. Jesus is the rock, right? The bad rock. Come on. You got to see that. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. That verse was crazy, man. Do you have anything else, Justin? This first? Hmm. I don't know. You want more in depth in it than I have. I just like that uh, we went into the foundations as well. That foundation is very important. Um, I feel like I went a lot into like the wall city. Um, and I didn't think too much about the foundation. Mm-hmm. But no, I think like where the city is you do need like a strong foundation that's mentioned so like is our oh gosh now that now that you mentioned it yeah there's so much to say about we talked about in first corinthians are we going to build our foundation on something eternal or something that burns Um, are we going to build our foundation on the sand or on a good bedrock Mm -hmm. like it's important god made sure that um his city was built on a good foundation names that um pushed the ch- pushed the early church so i think that's yeah i think that's a very important detail yeah i'm happy you said that with first corinthians chapter three i was i thought about when i was talking but i didn't want to say it because i've been talking forever but like with first corinthians chapter three it, it said yeah like there's no other it says it starts off saying with revelation uh, with First Corinthians chapter three, with that part, it says, "There's no other foundation can one man lay than on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only foundation; He's the chief cornerstone. So, 
if your religion, if your faith is based on a different cornerstone, which a cornerstone is the first part of how a whole entire stone is going to look. It's the first part of what a crystal is essentially going to look like on every side and on every dimension. And if that first, if any other side looks different than the cornerstone, it's going to mess up the whole entire stone. So it's going to mess up the whole mm -hmm. entire church. It's going to mess up your whole entire faith. You guys see what I'm saying? So like Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The other foundations, the found, the 12 foundations of the New Jerusalem was built upon Christ. He's the original foundation. So like, <laughs> that's why this foundation is so strong because he's the chief cornerstone, the first foundation. You need to build your faith upon that foundation. Like, I mean, I love the Bible, man. This is crazy. <laughs> You ready to go? You want to try 15 real quick? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, 15 a little easy. All right, so Revelation 21, verse 15. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall therefore. So all I got for this essentially, Justin, is why wouldn't John, this is a question for everybody, why, why couldn't John measure the city but the angel could? You know, John was on a high mountain and he can't travel like an angel. Like we read in the scriptures that an angel yeah. can teleport, an angel can we know that Jesus phased through buildings, so he didn't have to walk. He could teleport, phase through stuff like he could be anywhere, anytime. Like <laughs> so, the angel could cover more ground than John could walking. So the angel, fourteen thousand miles on one side, fourteen fourteen thousand side, fourteen thousand miles was the width, the height, and the breadth, whatever that means. The breadth, height, width. You guys know what I'm saying? All of the dimensions of the city, fourteen thousand. 1400 miles are you kidding me it'll take forever that was a good workout man so <laughs> that's the first thing second thing is you got the golden reed the angel is measuring the city with a golden reed the whole city's made of gold and that goes back to the tabernacle guys like only the levites could go into the tabernacle that was made of gold but then in this new heaven new jerusalem all of the city is gold so that's saying that god Everybody's in the holy place. Everybody's is where God is dwelling. Not only that, God is dwelling with us. So he's you, he's there. He's the light. The lamb is there. You can talk to him, touch him. Like he's there and present with you in the new heaven, new earth. Because mm. everybody's in the holy of holies. You guys see that? Nobody, nobody's excluded. Nobody's separated from God. Everybody's with God. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in God, man, you're bound to finally meet your savior face to face and be with him and reign with him. So you're not going to be distant from him anymore, man. He's going to be near to you than ever before. Just like we always desire as believers. I can keep on going, man. There's so much to say about that, man. Yeah. I like that. Cause I just have like, it's physically there. Like I just liked my version NIV. I'm not sure if that that's important enough, but like, the fact, like I said before, I love that they're taking the time to measure the city just because it's that important to them. Then, like they could, they could, they could make sure it's a certain length or width. But, but no, they they put down all the stops, and I, I like that using this to show that it's physically there. Like, like it's something we're looking forward to. Like, man, I. Uh, I've been thinking about Buddhism and like some other religions lately. I've been reading about um this book between a Baptist preacher and the Dalai Lama. But it's hard for me to get on board with Buddhism because like a lot of things 
things they do uh, because like at the end of enlightenment you're just supposed to like fade back back into uh, like, like there's not a there's not really an end to everything but heaven like for the new jerusalem like john is physically there crazy for me to think like how one person can take all this in but he's physically there. what is going to be there at the end of our journey and like the angels actually measuring all these details like if this were a mass hallucination you don't think about oh yeah cubits thick like no one thinks that um goes into that detail but man it's crazy to think about yeah man let's let's finish this up i think i'm good to finish this up now okay yeah i think i think we'll make it man i know we're yeah let's go ahead and finish it man all right, so Revelations 21, verse 16. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, which is gold, by the way, like we said in verse 15, 12,004 loads. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So we've been talking about how it's a perfect four square, so it's a giant cube, essentially. And we see that it's even on every side, like we've been saying in the previous verses that we went through. So we kind of spoiled this part already. So all you need to know is a furlough is 200 yards, which means 600 feet. So you got to times that. So it's 12,000 furloughs, right? So that's 1,400 miles or 2,400 kilometers, right? So all you need to know, first of all, I didn't think that was that big for heaven. But this is how you got to think about it. It's a city. So we don't know. If there be multiple cities in heaven, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a whole new earth, like just the whole thing, and it's bigger than the earth is right now. I don't know. So that's all a mystery. So that's another thing, too. You're not going to have all your questions answered in the Bible. Sometimes you just got to have faith, right, and just believe yeah. what's already said. So it's a lot of questions we don't have answered, right? But we know that this city, the New Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem's way bigger than the Jerusalem now. Like <laughs> that Jerusalem's tiny. Like so compared to this, like and it's yeah. a city. It's not a state. It's not a country. It's a city. Mm. I want you guys to get that. So if there's countries and if there's nations and and you guys get what I'm saying, and what you know, continents. How big are those continents compared to this city? Like I don't know. Like so, <laughs> like so. The city is the same distance between Miami and Florida, New York to Dallas, the Canada to the Gulf of Mexico, you know, Colorado to the East Atlantic Ocean. That is huge. I should have showed you guys the map while I did that, but you guys can look at it. Like for a city, guys, and then we see how high it is. It's the height is fourteen hundred miles. That means that's just the wall. So that means some of the city has to be like in the Earth's atmosphere, essentially, or or in outer space, like because it didn't say that it'd be on the Earth technically. Like I don't know, like so that you guys gonna say you can imagine, man. Like it's gonna be beautiful. Like this this blows our minds, and it's just different than what we are accustomed to. Did you have anything else, Justin? Before I talk about like the equality again and the fairness and stuff, stuff. I actually, like to hear you start talking about that. I may add on to that. Go for it. Okay, yeah. So, like, one, I had two questions for everybody. You know, what about the measurements in this text? You know, what are why are the measurements mentioned and given and equal? Because they're equal. Like we talked about that earlier. Like it's just symbolizing how what heaven's gonna be like. 
and uh, here goes two points you know when the measurements are read in the rest of the text they signify perfection like justin said earlier so we see a situation where everything is equal on all sides so right now on this earth some races are treated worse than others let's call it like it is nobody's treated equally you know the social classes you know, the rich are treated better than the poor. They can get away with more yeah. if you got money. Come on. There's people who are rich that should be locked up for something, and they can get away with it because they got money. It's crooked mm. corners on the earth. It's unfairness. There's biases, right? It's not going to be like that up there. There's going to be no royalties, no more hurt feelings, no more losing things to thieves, like no more sorrow, no more pain. I keep on going. Like no one will be taken advantage of no more. Everything will be fair. Are you kidding me? Can you even picture that? Like that don't make no sense. But people... My dad always says, you know, when people are in the equation, they're sinners, right? So, like, they're going to screw up everything. But, like, in heaven, it's going to be different. Why? Because God is there. Because God's there, peace is going to be there. Why? Because God is peace. And if he's He's not dwelling on earth, like, he will be up there. It's totally different, guys. Like, nobody will be able to get away with anything, right? So, and there will be no need for, you know, a judicial or political system or anything like that. You know, political parties, like, kidding me? Like, there's only one party, and that's Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't leave what he wants, you can go. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, everything's righteous, man. So it's just so much to say with that. You know, heaven is the antithesis of all that grieves us in the current world, right? So that's one of my biggest points. So instead of death, we'll see life. Instead of injustice, we'll see peace, justice, and harmony, right? Instead of hate, we'll see love. Instead of strife, so trouble you know, division, fights, and separation. We'll see unity and peace. Man, if you don't believe in God, I pray you do after this video, man. This is so crazy. You know, instead of religion and lies, we'll see a direct relation with God where truth is obviously, because God is truth, right? God is there. Truth is there. So it's right in your face dwelling with you. You can't deny it. Nobody can. That's what everybody wants. So, so. <laughs> Yeah, man. That's the new heaven, new earth, man. It's going to be a great city. So you want to add to that, Justin? Yeah. I just like how, like, how, how, I don't know. Gosh, it's hard to already try to attempt it. I just like how the city is laid out in a very specific manner. Like, it's not just in place. It's supposed to be a place that holds God's glory, mine like God's glory. It's supposed to be this place of uniformity and equality to imagine, honestly. And I I thank John for trying to put this into um because I'm sure like there were a couple of times where he fell down the glories of how powerful it was. But it's just something that that's it's something you look forward to like when pe people have such a rough life when they're trying to run the marathon as paul says it's a blessing to know at the end like we we aren't supposed to do it for a reward we're supposed to do it because we're god's do good in this world and help out other people and hope that they can do good in this world is fix this broken world little by little but just knowing that this broken world will pass away, a, a symmetrical, uniform, beautiful place at the end is just a relaxing thought, honestly. And like, I 
would pray that anybody can just find like the rest under the shade of God. Right. Yeah, everything else, every, most of my other notes for 16 and 17 is kind of speculative. Like, it's really, it's really like, a, I don't want to say opinionated. That's a bad word. It's just a theory. Like, it's, it could be wrong. Yeah. It could be right, right? I think like, speculative was a good word. Yeah, because like, I like how you said, John, he's doing his best to articulate what he's seeing. So there's probably no words on earth to convey what he's seeing. So he's doing his best, like, saying stuff like a Jasper and Amethyst is like. He said like. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, exactly. he did his best to articulate what he was seeing. But all you need to know is a beautiful place, right? Like, come on, guys. Like, you kidding me? So, like, one thing you need to know, too, I don't know anything about square miles. But it says that um, that the city was close to 2 billion square miles. So the new Jerusalem will encompass 2 billion square miles. To further show God's kingdom will include the whole or entire world, right? Like God's trying to reach as much people as possible. So, like one of my other points was certainly such a large city defies both logic and imagination, but most of the things God does often goes against logic or imagination. So this is the city, like Jasper is transparent, like crystal, like that defies the logic of what we're used to on this earth. Like and the walls that big. If a wall is 250, 200, it was 216 feet thick. Like, there's no wall like that that's that thick. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> why you need a wall that thick? Yeah, that's crazy thick. <laughs> that's covering a lot of ground, guys. Somehow it was still clear, too. Like, yeah. Remember, it's as clear as 200 foot thick wall, but apparently you could see all the way through it. That's, yeah. That's insane. And then on top of that, like, just imagine how much light that would reflect if it's that thick and that big. Like, we know it's 1,400 miles high. So, like, it's a huge wall. Like, come on, guys. Like, and uh, Stephen commented, he said that's a lot of real estate. Like, uh, so, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Like, I don't know, I don't know, like, miles and stuff like that. Like, somebody said, let me see if I can find it. He said basically, uh, they try to predict how many people would be there, but basically there's to be a lot of room for people. So I don't, I don't get how that'd be a lot of room for people like in this city, mm -hmm. but somebody like did the numbers and they said, basically everybody would have 75 acres. So 75 acres would be like 57 football fields of land. Like if uh, there's a hundred billion people like on, you know, that, that are saved that are there. Like, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. Well, not 100 billion. That's not right. Because it said 117 billion people have lived forever. Like, there's been 117 billion people, like, of all time on the earth or something like that, right? Which I think that's a small number. But uh, there will have been 100 billion people in the human race throughout history. And twenty let's say 20% of them are saved. So everybody gets a block. Their block will be 75 acres. So 57 football fields. So when Jesus said everybody would have a mansion, I guess, like, I guess if everybody has a lot of land, have that much land, I guess you'll have a mix of land. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I guess don't so. Know, I don't know. I don't know that. I, you know, sometimes I like. I'm a visual person, so I don't see it like that, right? But yeah, I don't I'm, know. Gonna, I'm gonna have to map this out. You got me thinking. Like, how big is this place now? Yeah. How much? <laughs> yeah, I just want to be up there, man. Come on, man. That is too. God is too good. Like all yeah. this, just for 
just for serving him, loving him, accepting him, just everything, man. So let's go to verse 17, man. You ready? All right, yeah. And he measured the wall thereof in uh, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of the angels. So Revelation 21, 17. So it's noted here, the one measuring the wall, again, is the angel. So it's backing up mm -hmm. the previous verse that we saw that the angel was measuring with a reed. And we know that 144 cubits is 216 feet. So the wall, the city wall raises to a height of that. So yeah, so it yeah, that's that's what it is. yeah, it's different. So the walls of the city is 216 feet, right? So it's yeah. small for the whole entire city, which is 1500 1400 miles high. So yeah, the, the walls are different. So the walls are 216 feet, so 144 cubits. But then the the whole city is 1400 miles high. So it looked like the tabernacle again. Like now I see it. Now I see it. <laughs> so the walls are tinier and smaller than a whole entire city. So that's why the city, like the height of the city, would be going up to the Earth's atmosphere because it's fourteen hundred miles high or fifteen hundred miles high, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh, and that's then, great. Uh, yeah, and then also I want to say, you know, the wall is not built for protection or to keep people out. Like the wall is way more tiny. Than the whole entire city, <laughs> but like you don't need a wall, but that wall's still bigger than any other wall we know, I think. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. and it's keeping, yeah, the wall is not built for protection or to keep people out, for its gates are always open, and we see that with verse 25. I want to read that Revelation 21 25 says, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for they shall there shall be no night there. So yeah, man, there's no darkness, there's no death, there's no evil. What does darkness symbolize? What does nighttime symbolize? It symbolize those things like mystery, confusion, fear. Like, everybody, who is not scared of the pitch dark? Have you ever been in pitch dark before? Like, <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah oh, it's, it's dark. Like, it's too scary. Yeah, the unknown, crazy. right? Yeah, the fear of the unknown, man. So the gates are always open, man. The light of the city is always daytime there because God is the light, right? So... Yeah, man. So it appears to be intended to indicate that a large number of people will occupy the city. The huge cubicle city, the New Jerusalem, has more than enough room for 144,000 from Israel and even for a crowd without number from all the nations of all time, all the redeemed people that have been saved. So, yeah, it's a lot, man. Yeah. I think I'm good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much to say that hasn't already been said. You like that? The angel is physically measuring it, so you know it's a physical place. It's not just if you die, you get like whatever vague heaven have. And the 144 is like 12 times 12. So you right. see that the 12 is. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't have much more to say to this, but. Yeah, let me try to piece this together. This is my last thing I'm saying. So it's my note says that the angel measured the wall and it was equivalent of being 75 yards thick. So we've been talking about that a lot. That was uh, in converting today's measurement, that's 144 cubits thick. And that represents the 144,000 redeemed people, right? So 
Mm. Yeah, the 144. So we read Revelation 21, 17, just focusing on this verse. It said he measured the wall thereof 144 cubits, according to a measure of man, that is, of the angel. So 144 cubits was the wall. It's a, that's 216 feet, and it represents 144,000 the 144,000 that were redeemed in, I think, the tribulation times, right? The great tribulation or something like that. Who was re- the 144,000? There, people say different things. Um, it was like the 144,000 were like the people were saved during Jesus. Disciples were forming the new church. And some people say during the tribulation time. Uh, tribulation time. But uh, I I'm not sure. I've heard different things, honestly. Okay. Well, well, it's it symbolized again. It symbolized again, like the church. So the redeemed people, like it's another memorial that you know, just like the twelve gates had the twelve, the twelve tribes of Israel's names written on it, and the twelve foundations were the twelve apostles. Now you got the whole entire wall, two hundred sixteen feet wall, one hundred forty-four cubits, representing one hundred four, one hundred forty-four thousand redeemed people. Now. Question is, where are we going to be? Where's our memorial? Like, what's what's, what's there for us? Right? So that's a mystery. We don't know. So that's why do your part now on this earth. You know, do your do live and serve God while you can now because what you do here on this, what you do here now on this earth dictates everything, dictates all eternity. And uh, yeah, life on earth is just a speck on the affinity line that will go on forever in the eternal state. So make sure you live it right, man. So. Yeah, you only get one life, but if you live it right, one time is enough, man. So, yeah, man, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody live for Christ, man. So, I hope everybody liked this video. This was long, man. I'm sorry we went so long, Justin. Thank you so much, man, for doing this video with me. I- I'm happy with it, man. So, yeah, all right, guys. But you guys make sure to support us on our social media pages. We're gonna close out the video, so uh, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, upload past crossroads, you know, like all my videos, comment, share. Um, also, you know, be, befriend me on all my social media pages, follow, share all my content. Man, I have amazing social media pages. Let me just get that out there, man. I have the best social media pages ever for a Christian. So please go to that page, like everything, comment, DM me and Justin on our social media pages. If you have any questions, you want us to do a video on your question, uh, especially if you really enjoyed this one. If you enjoy uh, these lessons on Revelations 21 and what we'll do on Revelations 22 or any lessons we've done, ask us questions on those or Tell us to focus on a certain scripture verse and we'll do it. All right. So, yeah, let me talk about Justin's social media pages. And then we're out. You know, Chaplain Logs, make sure to uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Turn on the bell notification so you know when he uploads a new video. And like all his videos, comment, share, and go to his Facebook page, Justin Lee Howell. And, uh, hey, okay. I thought this was our video right now <laughs> on your page. All Man, right. Anyway. Yeah. Fast. All right. All right. But anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. I pray you guys enjoyed this video. If you watched it all the way to the end, you are you rock, especially you, Stephen. Thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'll just keep it short. We got to go. All right. You guys have a good weekend. Have a God bless you. Kick me. I pray in Jesus name that you guys receive all the victory through every single obstacle that you're facing. And we all serve the Lord the best way we possibly can. So when we get up there, we have no regrets, man. We left it all out on the table for God. You know, fight the good fight of faith, run your race, give it everything you got in this race, man, of faith. So that when we finally get yeah. up there, man, our race wasn't in vain and we did everything we could. So, all right, guys, I'll talk to you guys later, man. Peace out.